live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, ready to go and here on a Wednesday morning, January 12th, 20. 22, 30 stinking degrees already in the capital city right now with a little bit of a south wind on our way to another cargo short-esque day. Highs in the mid-50s may get close to 60 like some parts of the state did yesterday. I do have a good show for you today. It's Wednesday. That means your chance to get it off your chest with what chaps your hide Wednesday. Rick Stein recognition text line, as always, is open for your chaps. You can also go to our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash LNK today, and we will open up the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 710 for you, call, for you to call in those things that are chapping your hide. Also joining me today, Mayor Leary and Gaylor Baird at 810, John Bishop at 835. Good morning, Caleb. Good morning, Jack. I'm it's, here. It's, yeah, it's nice to hear you at the uh, start of the 6 o'clock hour, not the yeah. end of the 6 o'clock hour. Feel very. I feel like I did something right today. I feel like I got my day off to a, a good start. Good. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Jack? Great. I'm nice. good. Nice to I hear you. Go- I'm good. I've already had half a cup of coffee. Uh, got, is, it as, uh, is it as good as the office coffee? No. Nothing will be as good as the barista qual- quality uh, coffee that you produce there. But I'm my sure. Keurig will have to do today. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll allow it. I mean, I'm not going to deliver coffee to you. Let's you say. know I'm not a coffee snob because I go with the Keurig 90% of the time at home. And true coffee snobs uh, don't don't like that. But, man, uh, I mean, my, my, my love for convenience is way over my need for huge quality <laughs> on my coffee. So uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so we have the mayor on today, which... Um, <laughs> After all, after all, guys of the What Chaps Your Hide Wednesdays, where that we were after Tuesdays when the the health director would have the press conference, and all of the What Chaps Your Hides on there about how Lincoln had a mask mandate, but Omaha didn't. All of the sudden, in a bizarre turn in this whole story, now Omaha's got one, and Lincoln does it. This is a twist, Mark. I did not see coming in this nope, story. I did not expect it either. And to be real honest, I didn't expect the mayor to be on on a Wednesday after the news uh, news yeah. conference. So how about this? Instead of trying to to fish out what she's going to say, and and the health director's going to say later in the day, we can actually respond to it. But uh, but yeah, just if you if you somehow missed it, the Douglas County Health Director has instituted a mask mandate for Douglas County. Now there are a few more exceptions in this one. Then there were even in in the Lincoln one, for example, religious services are exempt from it. Uh, I think they don't want to get into any uh, any potential fights about about uh, right to exercise religion and, and that sort of thing. Uh, but nonetheless, she also clarified uh, that she wants it. She, she expects it to be temporary. Talked about benchmarks where it would end. Talking about four week four weeks. The mayor of Omaha. Uh, is against the mandate, although she specifies, this is interesting, she specifies in her comments that she does believe the Douglas County Health Director does have the authority to do this. It sounds like those at the top of state government don't believe that, and there seems to be some perhaps movement toward a lawsuit from the state 
against Douglas County now, saying that they're in a different position than Lancaster County was because they don't have they're not kind of grandfathered in through through some old legislative acts there. But uh, yeah, so if you're uh, if you're going to uh, Douglas County over the next few days, don't forget to pack your mask because you'll need it there. It's just I, I it's just. It is so. If you had, if you had told me this a couple of months ago that it would be flipped around like this, I would have said no, no. Because what I guess the interesting question is, what what kind of a different philosophy there is between what's happening at the Douglas County Health Department and the Lancaster County Health Department? And I'm not even like ripping either one here necessarily. You know, I don't. I think mask mandates are a tool, but they're a small tool and blah, blah, blah. We've got into it so, so many times. Uh, but it, it, it seems that the Douglas County Health Director and the Lancaster County Health Director just have different things in their minds that really trigger these mask mandates. And, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to impact things very differently over the course of the year. In Lancaster County, uh, as, as Mark reported, Lancaster County mask mandate uh, yesterday is, is not something that they're looking at extending, although... They didn't rule it out if it needs to be at some point, but it sounded to me like they're they're not wanting to go back in in that direction, um, and so we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. But and I'll say this again, I I, I will say this again, uh, it, it, it's it's different, but it is not that different out there with or without the mask mandate. It's not like, I, and I'm sure it depends where you go. But I've 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 been out doing grocery shopping, the hardware store, those those sorts of things, and I would say it's a there's still a lot of people wearing masks. There's still um, several who who aren't, a lot who aren't as well, which was almost kind of what it was prior to this thing um, being taken off. So uh, anyway, guys, um, Mark, Joe, Joe, uh, Joe Jordan uh, interviewed the uh, health director of Douglas County, Lindsay, uh, Dr. Oh, really? Lindsay Hughes. Um, and, and uh, Mayor Gene Stothert briefly, and evidently um, the the issue there in Omaha is hospital capacity. They, they're just out of capacity at this point, and that was the primary reason given in Joe's interview with Dr. Hughes. Um, okay, why the mandate is in place. By the way, they've uh, tacked on a five hundred dollar fine for not wearing the mask or six months in jail. So what? I did not see that. Wow. Yep, the fine for violating the mandate is five hundred dollars and or six months in jail. Well, is isn't there some kind of? Uh, I assume there was some kind of codified penalty that was there for Lancaster counties as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So okay. So uh, it's, I'm just just you know following yep. following up on Joe's article. So that's interesting. He, um, he's pretty well connected in in that area. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to talk to him when we get a chance. We talked to him yesterday, but we'll talk to him again on Tuesday. And uh, yeah, his interview with Doctor Hughes dropped about five yesterday afternoon, so that was uh, okay. you know after the announcements were made. Okay, all right. So and and, and Mark, just this this question, as far as you know, the answer when you talked about hospital capacity is is hospital capacity in Lincoln significantly different than what's happening in in omaha or other parts of the state right now no to your knowledge no it's not it's okay. it's very very tight very tight still having to wait in in emergency departments for beds and uh, transfers as we heard earlier this week from the uh, nebraska hospital association getting transfers out of smaller rural hospitals is uh, very very difficult sometimes taking days 
uh, for those people. And so, yeah, it's it's just a, a real issue. And now, you've got now folks, the one thing. Go sorry, ahead, Caleb. Sorry, Jack. And and besides, I know the uh, the ever <laughs> going on search for the at home COVID testing kits. There are <laughs> the local testing air, the places that you can go to get tested. Some of the medical facilities they're running out of their tests. They're running really low on inventory. Yeah, I wondered if that might end up happening because they're doing them just nonstop. And. Uh, it, at, and the Nomi site, I believe it is, you know, they're now taking two to three days to get the results back. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, not only that, but we're back into that waiting game after you do get tested. Well, so That's interesting because Nomi, when I went to Nomi uh, last week, I had the choice to do the PCR test that took, you know, took a while or the the uh, quick, the rapid response one. Mm-hmm. And I and everybody in my family who got tested there at two different times last week had our results in 15 minutes because we did the rapid response. So right. I, I wonder if that's the PCR ones, but the rapid response ones are. Yeah, it is. It's still, still quick. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, but, but nonetheless, some are getting the PCR just because they feel like it's going to be more of an accurate read, but the vast majority of people want to know right away. Right. But, but it's the rapid tests that are in extremely short. Well, supply. In, yes. in, in the, in the rapid test as well, because you have so many tests going on, you have to have someone do that test and, and then process and it. process it. And because you one, you're short staffed already. So you have so many people coming through doing those rapid tests and you're supposed to want to hear back in about 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. It's taking a few hours, if not more than a day to get those done because someone has to go through and process them and there's okay. just not the manpower anymore. Okay. So uh, maybe that's changed since, since I, uh, was- it, it's really exploded over the last week. Okay. Since I was deep into the testing game last week, um, yeah, and and then I guess Mark and, and you pointed this out on this topic. Uh, the city is doing what it can to expand some of the testing options, and they're opening up uh, this new one, uh, Total Wellness of Omaha at Nineteenth uh, and O. Right? Yeah, that's that uh, that's the same one that Brian Medical had used uh, prior. The old what is it? Old Goodyear uh, drive-through, I believe it is, or a tire store, Nineteenth and O. Mm-hmm. So uh, that location uh, will be functional as of tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Nomi has opened a second to draw or an additional lane at Gateway starting today. So that should increase their capacity. But again, if it's the PCR test, it's going to take uh, you know a few days to get the results back. Now the I'm thing, sure. the thing about Nomi because they've gone to you, ha- you, you have to have appointments. They can plan ahead and know exactly how many tests they need to have on hand. So, so there's a little bit of a of I guess that's a good sign on their end that they're going to know exactly what their demand is each day. Um, yeah, they're they're going to limit the capacity. You yeah, know, they're, yeah. They're, they're putting limits in place so that they can deal with it. But there are some medical facilities in the in the city that don't do that, and they just take the uh, the appointments as they come up and. Uh, from some folks that I know working in some of those, their numbers have been significantly higher over the last week. Wow. Well, even we checked every urgent care, every medical center we could find when we were looking for one, and it was when this was in the middle of last week, early middle of last week, and it was two hours almost everywhere then. So I can't imagine. By the way, guys, I'm on the Nobi site just because I was curious to check it out. If you want to get a, uh, uh, an appointment at Nomi right now at Gateway, uh, your earliest opportunity to do so is 110 on friday oh geez wednesday and thursday are already completely full up so that's the first time as of right now 
that you can do it. Now, I, I assume when you do it, it's not going to be nearly the weight that you've had it the other times, like last week when it was backed up to, to Vine Street, mm-hmm. essentially. But yeah, you're just you're going to have to wait longer to actually get those appointments. And the same is the case like at Oakview Mall at Omaha, two days out. You got to go to Friday to get it. They have one there, too. So anyway, all right. One of the other things that uh, came out of the um, news conference yesterday with Director Lopez was uh, encouraging people to, uh, you know, only do uh, basic things for the next three to four weeks. Right. Yeah. And then uh, I just happened to run across the the mayor, and I hope you'll uh, discuss this with her. She actually posted on Facebook yesterday. Uh, the, and, and it says, I'm reading it now, the severe transmissibility of Omicron threatens our classrooms, business, and government services, and healthcare system. To mitigate the threat, the Lincoln-Lancaster Health Department urges residents for the next few weeks to only go out to work or school, to buy food, or to get medical care. Yeah. So they're, they're actually almost encouraging a self-imposed lockdown, if you will, of, uh, you know, not, not a total lockdown, but, well, kind of what we did, what we did in um, you know March of of twenty twenty, to some degree, but not that it's it's not being required. It's right. just it's it's being encouraged, and and my guess, frankly, um, there's only a portion of the population that will actually that will actually do this at at this point. I mean, that's pretty hard. That let's be honest, that's pretty difficult to do right now. Um, if if you aren't if you aren't being um, required to at this point, so. We'll see what kind of an impact that has. So, um, all right. So there you go, Mark. Anything else we need to touch on here this morning, news-wise? Oh, uh, Waverly recall failed of a school board Jeez. member. I mean, not, eight, and it was eight, it was 80, not close. Eighty-five percent to fifteen percent. Yeah. So that uh, was a big. Well, you know, they went through the process. So there you I'll go. I'll tell you what. I can't think of many just questions you could put on the ballot in 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 Lincoln. Uh, or I guess Waverly, for that matter, that I could get that high of like any proposition or just like the sky is blue. I don't know that I could get 85 percent on that. Oh, I, you know, I hazard a guess. So you get 85 percent if you posted posted. Do you think gas prices are too high? OK, th- OK, you know, OK, something there. like that. But, yeah, this was was really uh, a blow. Maybe that's the next top five Tuesday. <laughs> uh, top five Tuesday bit we could do is. What five things could you put on a ballot in Lincoln and get a higher percentage than Andy Grossant's got in the Waverly election? Man, those recall not elections that. not going well over the last year. Wow. Holy cow. So that is, uh, yeah. And, and they had like 40% turnout on that thing. 44.8. So yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty good turnout. Uh, and that was a male only ballot. So, you know, there was no, no issues with showing up at a polling place or things like that. So, okay. uh, the other thing, uh, that, that noticed, I'm still trying to get uh, some of the audio from the, uh, board of education, uh, meeting last night, they left in place or are going to continue the restrictions, transfer restrictions for the high schools, uh, for another year, uh, even though Northwest is expected to open, uh, overcrowding, uh, East, Southwest and what Southeast, I think are the. Or maybe North Star. North Star is usually yeah. the, the yeah, other one. They really they bad. just have to limit. So the, the, the transfer requests have to be, and I believe it's by the end of this month, and that's going to be for 8th grade going into ninth grade. That's all they're going to allow. So Yeah, there was. I remember when my son went into ninth grade, there was actually a deadline if you were interested in going to East or North Star and they were out of your district. You, you had to 
basically say it by a certain time or you are not allowed. I, I think that's now January 31st, if I re- yeah. re- remember reading uh, some of the uh, the overviews. So, that's And the, right. the other thing that kind of surprised me was uh, there was a little quiet extension of a men's basketball coach's contract a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. We'll get uh, into that. Yeah. You know. And another devastating, heartbreaking loss last night. All right. Caleb will have all the details next. That'll get you tuned in. That's 625. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. Yes, it is at 638, 30 degrees in the capital city and a uh, very nice day. I had a couple of them before snow back into the forecast. Now, I don't think it's significant snow, uh, but snow drizzle, kind of a yucky day on uh on Friday into Friday night. Uh, but with that said, it is time to get into our sound off a lot. To, I, I don't know. I have a lot of, I think, cautiously optimistic stuff here uh, with sort of the doom and gloom that we had at the, the beginning of the show today on on some of the COVID stuff. And then I'm going to move into uh, uh, some some more fun stuff, though. Uh, but let's let's start with this. Um you know, there, there was kind of a, a common thought about this Omicron variant after what was happening in South Africa and then, and then the UK. The, the evidence seemed to suggest that, okay, it is less severe than the strains of this that we've seen before, but it's more transmissible. And, you know, now that you've got a bigger sample of people, a much bigger sample of people to look at here in the United States, you wonder, is that still what what experts are seeing with this? And it turns out it largely is. The new research aligns with similar findings in South Africa, Britain, and Denmark, that the Omicron variant causes less severe disease than other coronavirus variants. University of California at Berkeley epidemiologist Dr. Joseph Lunard says his study of nearly 70,000 patients found Omicron infections were half as likely to send people to the hospital compared with Delta. And out of more than 52,000 Omicron patients, the study found not a single one went on a ventilator during that time. But Lunard says hospitals are under stress because Omicron is much more contagious. Rob Dawson, Fox News. And, and, and I'll, I'll just add to this anecdotally because um, my family, my extended family has, has quite a bit of experience. One, one of the things that, that they're noting um, with this is that it all it doesn't stay it's more like a um uh, like like a bronchial infection than something that's in the lungs essentially and even uh when people i know that have had it have had their lungs listened to by doctors they said you know we're not we're not seeing a whole lot in the lungs but it's it's been a lot of like you can hear it in their voice kind of you know like when you've got a cold and you you sort of halfway lose your voice that's been one of the symptoms uh that's happened a lot with with my extended family that's had this so potentially good news but i I guess the 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 flip side of that is if it is half as many folks are hospitalized but you know what five seven ten times more people end up being infected Mm -hmm. that's still a net gain Mm -hmm. in hospitalizations from where you were before it um and and again to me this isn't something where you're you're waving the freak out flag about 
the severity of this or being unrealistic about the severity of this. I mean, I'm very familiar with it right now, but I, I do think there is community interest in, in keeping hospitals it, to, to a place where they can function for everybody. And also just, you know, having a little, ha- having a little care for, um, and, and, um, interest in the best interests of healthcare workers mm-hmm. at this point. So, like to me, it's to me, it's really simple right now. Uh, that, I mean, that's really what what's driving it here at this point. I don't think we need to get into the the debates about whether it's just a cold or whether it's not just a cold, and and because in, you know, in, in a lot of cases, it is now with this. It's it's just a lot more clear cut to me than it's ever been with this. Now, maybe though, maybe though, there is good news too, and and I've said this several times that there have been epidemiologists who have suggested this is the scenario, even before Omicron existed, that this might be a scenario that brings this thing, you know, the, the real abnormalcy that we've dealt with to, to an end. Um, and, and that is a, as we talked about a less, a, a less severe, but highly transmissible variant. And maybe that's what's happening right now. The Omicron variant's been so contagious. It may be running out of people to infect. That's the theory from researchers at the University of Texas and the University of Washington. But they're also warning there may be months of misery ahead for people who got it and for hospitals overwhelmed by it. Lauren Ansel Myers of the University of Texas says Omicron could be a turning point in the pandemic thanks to immunity gained from new infections as well as ongoing vaccination efforts. But she also warns there could be a new variant ahead which may be even worse than Omicron. Ugh. Jill Nato, Fox yep. News. So the, no. I mean, was, go ahead, Caleb. No, this is where, where you had, because what was it that Delta was the one that was um, more deadly? Was that the one that it was? Um, it was It was more transmissible, similarly, um, I, well, I believe, similar. Because I, I had one of the, I guess not a joke, but... Um, what you're seeing some people post is the next variant will be a combination of Omicron, where it's highly transmissible, and a, a variant that's also worse to get. Right. You know? Right. You know? Yeah. And, and that's the, I, I, I mean, I, there's the potential good scenario here, and then there's potentially that scenario um as well and i I don't pretend to be able to, to tell you which is more likely to happen, but um you are i mean there's no doubt about with it hopefully that stuff the the kind of immunity that's coming from people getting it and vaccinations uh getting fewer people to infect can can take place prior to new uh new variants developing but uh, anyway uh and then there's and then there's what we talked about at the beginning of the show uh with what douglas county has decided to do this uh getting a little bit of national attention actually the masks are going back on in omaha nebraska the douglas county health director lindsey hughes is imposing the new mandate one that the city's mayor gene stothert and even the governor of nebraska pete ricketts are both against hughes says she's trying to slow down the spread of COVID 19 as the city's previous mask mandate expired last may the republican governor has been strongly against mask mandates and says he may challenge this requirement in court the number of people being hospitalized in a Nebraska from COVID-19 has been on the increase recently. John Saucier, Fox News. All right, so we, we, we dug into that pretty extensively in the first segment today. She, she did say that this is, I mean, she, she was very clear about this being temporary. She even gave a, a timeline mm-hmm. 
although it wasn't concrete, but it was uh, four weeks. She was hoping maybe that this would be uh, be done by, and they would they would take it away. You wonder if they're you know if if that's actually the case. If there's even time to really adjudicate something like this in quarter for what actually start happening. We'll see what the state decides to do on that. Um, and then some, some international, some international stuff here, Caleb, we got the, uh, don't look now, but we got the Olympics in a couple weeks. Oh, here. that's right. Those are sneaking up on us. Yes. The Olympics are coming. Um, and <laughs> China is, uh, China. Now you talk about lockdowns. China. That we China, <laughs> China. You, you talk about lockdowns. They do it there, and just in time for the Olympics to be there in a couple of weeks. A third Chinese city locking down just weeks ahead of the Winter Olympics. The roughly five and a half million residents of Anyang must stay home after the city reported just two cases of Omicron on Monday. Because of the Delta variant, the 13 million residents of Xiyang and one million people who call Yuzhou home can no longer walk out of their front door. Mm. China's zero tolerance policy is ramping up before the Winter Games in Beijing, which are set to begin on February 4th. China giving no firm answer on the possibility of a postponement. Oh, man. This is, Caleb, there's no, I mean, factor in the, the cases and factor in China, although I'm sure they really want it to happen. I mean, they are very concerned about looking good. Right. This is going to be a disaster. Well, when, when, you, when you think ahead, so that's just a couple of weeks out, you have the, the zero tolerance. How far is that going to extend to visitors? To, to folks that are there for the Olympics, whether they're athletes or fans. Right. Right. Uh, Friday, February 4 is the uh, opening ceremonies. So, well, let's see. That would be, what, three weeks from Friday mm-hmm. is when that is scheduled for. Uh, yeah. I just, man, I hope I'm wrong because I, I, I really like the Winter Olympics. Um, I like them a lot. And it's a really slow sports time of year, and especially if, uh, Nebraska men's basketball is not going to be something that I'm latching on to strongly this year. <laughs> right. I could use the distraction in in February. I just have a I just have a bad feeling that that is. I don't know what what exactly that I expect, but um, it's it, it something's going to go crazy there. Well, and I love the international events. That's why I like the World Cup. That's why I like obviously the Summer Games, and then you get the the Winter Games. The the winter games just offer something that's a little bit different than the summer games. You get to watch the speed skating that you will literally never watch for the other three years and fifty right. weeks. Um, right. You you get to watch the curling. You get to watch the biathlon and go. Yeah, I will sit and watch however long this takes for these guys to ski around this mountain track, come over and pull out their rifle, take a couple <laughs> of shots, and then keep skiing. Like I will sit and watch all of that. Yeah. I, I don't want any of it to be interrupted, but I am getting pretty pessimistic about it. I yeah, I just I, I, China, the combination. It'll be interesting to see the, the combination of China. They take a hard stance on lockdowns, but the desire to to kind of uh, curate their image for the rest of the world is going to be kind of at odds with this mm-hmm. whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then just throw in the sort of authoritarianism that goes along with the Chinese government as well. And I don't know how those three things resolve themselves over the course 
of the uh, of the next few weeks. But like I said, we could get live sports during the morning show, Caleb. We I will. need it. I need it. I, I've needed it since we were watching Rakuten uh, just run all over their Southeast Asia Baseball League. That when we were into yes, when we were into. Uh, uh, Taiwanese, Taiwanese base. baseball yep. or, or whatever that it was. <laughs> and the and the Summer Olympics, too. Yeah, Summer Olympics were good, yeah. Uh, all right, let's... Uh, because right, we were watching... Uh, we, we watched a lot of that three-on-three, and Keisei Tomonaga was live That's during right. the morning show. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, let's do let's do something uh, else here that has doesn't have to do with COVID. I've got a couple of them here. Uh, we'll start with this one. Uh, a new U.S. quarter coming out, so if you pick up a coin here in the next several months and something looks weird... Uh, about it not usual not the normal what eagle on the back of the quarter it's uh it's meant to be it's not counterfeit what exactly is going on here well let's find out poet writer activist maya angelou becomes the first black woman to appear on the quarter it's part of a series issued by the u.s mint that features trailblazing american women with the face of george washington remaining on the other side the american women's quarters program will be shipped out through 2025 Wilma Mankiller, the Cherokee Nation's first female principal chief. Anna Mae Wong, the first Chinese-American Hollywood film star. Adelino Otero Ward, a leader in New Mexico's suffrage movement. And Sally Rod, an astronaut and physicist who was the first American woman in space, are the others will be featured on the coins. Angelou is portrayed with her arms uplifted, a bird in the rising sun behind her, the image inspired by her poetry and symbolic of the way she lived. C.J. Papa Fox News. Do you know something that I've always wanted to get into and I, I really should but nobody has cash anymore when you remember when they did the state quarters and and every quarter had their own oh state? yeah and you had your own little booklet full of yes. here's where you put your quarters i got that and it made me so excited every time that i got changed because i would look through you had to get the the denver and the philadelphia mint of each quarter <laughs> and i kind of did it with my son and and then at some point we quit and then i just needed the change at some point and i emptied the whole thing out <laughs> but like i kind of want to like there's a weird part of me that would really like to collect all of like get a penny from every year going back what 50 years or however late you can get them yeah just adds a little fun to getting change but i have change almost never anymore mm-hmm. and so i don't know that i, I think I, I missed out on that opportunity it's it's gone the way of in there there's still folks that do it but think of the heyday of really just collecting physical items it, yes. and, and for anything you think baseball cards those types of things you don't really collect those anymore i'm i don't think i'm ever going to jump on the nft stuff yeah but I, you don't you don't physically try to collect things anymore. I need something. To, I, you know what I'm gonna start? I think I'm gonna start doing records. I think I'm going. I, I think I'm gonna start collecting vinyl. Man, you are you are hitting that like middle age stage. I just, we're gonna start collecting some vinyls, wow, boys. You are such a jerk. <laughs> what coin collecting? I feel like coin collecting is even an older thing to do than that. But okay. <laughs> Last but not least, um, speaking of the opposite of, of middle age stage, I don't know. You're you're probably not quite in this uh, time yet with with Millie, uh, but my daughter is is twelve, and I think since she's been about two or three. One of the staples of her diet has been goldfish crackers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and still, even even to this day, one of the grocery store wants to say, I want goldfish crackers. Well, apparently there is a booming market for other than more than three to 12-year-olds for goldfish crackers in the adult community. Mm. And the goldfish people have decided they need to make some money on this. Goldfish announcing the company will be selling fish-shaped crackers that are 50% larger than its traditional snack. 
In a tweet, Goldfish calls them Megabytes. The company, owned by the Campbell Soup Company, says it increased the size in response to its adult consumer base. Campbell Snacks chief marketing officer saying in a statement, this is the first time Goldfish has created a snacking experience specifically with grown-up tastes in mind. <laughs> Megabytes will come in the original sharp cheddar flavor and a cheddar jalapeno option. Deluca, Fox News. <laughs> Grown-up tastes in my no. We're we're right now on. I don't know what they're called. They're like veggie straws or something like that. Oh yeah. Did you do the um, the things that look like the cereal part of Lucky Charms? The puffs things. Do you guys ever? Oh do those? yeah, she loves puffs. My kids ate so many of those. All right. There you go. Uh, remember in the old days. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll take a break. We're going to talk to uh, cop officer Chad's in studio. He'll come up next on KLI. They done it. And now LPT needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK Today. All right. It's 65. Time to talk to a cop officer Chad in studio. With us, I'm uh, talking to Chad from my basement right now. Hi, Chad. How are you doing? I, I'm doing pretty good. This is, it's kind of weird not seeing you sitting here. <laughs> you miss my smiling face? I certainly do. <laughs> uh, well, good. Okay, so my question for you today, I thought I thought of one that we, we still hadn't gone over. I know there are a lot of people who buy the scanners and, and listen to police radio and, and okay. other emergency radio at home. Um, and sometimes I've tried to do that and I can't tell what the heck's going on <laughs> for the most part, but, but I'm curious, like, do you guys think about that? Is it like that there are people who are listening in? Do you have to change it sometimes because of that? How do, how do you deal with the fact that that's, that's at least some of it is public, publicly available? That is a really good one this week. I appreciate this one. Um, yeah, actually we do have to be quite aware sometimes of what we're talking about just on the safety aspect. Um, if we put out some information about something that's going on, we could very possibly put a victim or bystanders into jeopardy or, or physical danger. So, yeah, there are times that we have to, you know, communicate otherwise, um, either face-to-face -face or by alternate means. And, yeah, we've got to be pretty careful about some of the stuff that we put out on the radio, um, especially when it comes to, like, locations, where we're at, where we're setting up, what we're about to do. And it's it's not that we're trying to be you know all, all completely sneaky and covert and and under the table on people. We just have to keep public safety and and everybody's well being in mind. Do you, as have there been situations with LPD? I'm sure there have where where you know the person that you're looking for or something like that is actually monitoring the the scanner to try to get a leg up on the whole thing. Uh, believe it or not, I've actually had personal field contacts where I've been talking to somebody on the street. And you can get scanner apps for your cell phone, for your smartphone. And we've talked long enough that the delay finally caught up to us. And I could hear my voice coming out of this gentleman's pocket. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, it, it happens quite often. Um, we, we have some safety measures in place to try and keep people safe. And, you know, there's a, a bit of a delay on the scanner. And, you know, we obviously use some radio code. Uh, for the most part, we try and talk in what we say uh, free speech where we just have a conversation on the radio. We're not doing a, a lot of 10-4, 10-8, uh, 10-21, none of that stuff. But we do have some codes that we use to try and keep things discreet. Yep. Uh, well, I remember my dad was a chaplain with the police, and he I, I rode with him sometimes. Just He took me to school or something. He'd always have to say, Code 11. I yep. remember when he started driving the thing. Uh, that, I thought it was so cool at the now, time. 
I'll, I'll give you uh, the insight. Right. That Go one ahead. means you're back in service and you got to do some more work. <laughs> yep. Hey, uh, uh, tell us uh, tell us what you guys are working on with Crime Stoppers this week. Uh, first one we're going to talk about is 48 to 56. This one goes back to October 26. A uh, victim here was shopping at Dollar Tree on, at 56 and Highway 2, had their wallet stolen, and almost immediately got used at the gas station at 48th and Old Cheney. Uh, we do have a decent picture of not just the suspect, but the suspect's vehicle in this one. Uh, next one is unauthorized use. This one goes back to November 29th. And again, victim had their car rummaged through overnight. Wallet was taken. Cards were used at various locations around Lincoln by what it looks like about four different suspects. So if anybody recognizes any of these people or their vehicles, we'd sure like to know. All right. Check out LincolnCrimeStoppers.com. You can find out how to help out there. Appreciate it, uh, Chad. Have a good one, and uh, I'll see you in person next week. All right? I hope so. Thank you. Fingers crossed. All right, there you go. It's Officer Chad with Lincoln Police Department. All right, we're going to grab a break for news now, but you know what's coming up? Your chance to get it off your chest. It's What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. We'll open the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline. We'll dig into the Facebook page and your texts as well, and you'll all feel better. We'll all feel better after doing it. That's coming up next. It is 7 o'clock right now on KLIN. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. It's time to get it off your chest with What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Call or text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400 to tell us what's chapping your hide. We all know how it works. You go through your day and there's just something little and it's probably kind of stupid and but it just it just kind of gnaws at it. It bugs you and you keep going back and thinking about it and and you know, you don't want to go to work. You don't want to go to the, the family dinner table and just spend all the time whining. But nonetheless, you need a release valve. You need to get it out there. You need someone to say, "Yeah, you know what? Me too." And magically, you just feel better. Well, that's what what Chaps Your Hide Wednesday is. It is your release valve in the middle of the week. And it's scientifically proven to make you feel better, less stressed, and a more pleasant person to be around after Wednesday mornings at 710. And so we get to it now. The Brickstein Recognition text line is open for you to tell us what Chaps Your Hide Facebook page is there. Although Facebook, a little bit of a slim pickings today. But the good thing is our phone lines are already full. So we need to jump into it right away. And we are leading off this morning with none other than that Paul. Paul, what is Chapping Your Hide? You want knowingly stupid? Yes. Horsepower. Yeah, that's right. Horsepower. If you have a nice snowblower, that's going to be five, six horsepower. Riding lawnmower, 50 horses for a nice ZTR. Four-door sedan, 180, 200. Jet engine, 50,000 horsepower per engine. Isn't there a point where measuring the power it takes to do something in horses becomes asinine. I mean, really? Space shuttle, 37 million horsepower. Okay, okay. First, where are you going to get 37 million horses? Second, how are you going to harness them all together? And third, what possible use 
are person in space. I gotta go. It's <laughs> a good question. Can you get fifty thousand horses? Could they? Could they fly a plane? That that's enough to do it to generate the energy. I I, I haven't looked back on on the like on the, the the details, the scientific numbers, the analytics that go along with the horsepower measure. Um, but uh, that, that's I've never actually thought about it to be honest. By the way, there's uh, just under fifty nine uh, million horses in the world is all so. Oh, so there aren't. So there's barely enough horses in the world to do the space shuttle. <laughs> you would wipe out. If Paul's numbers were right, you, if I remember correctly, you'd wipe out uh, half the horses in the world powering that space shuttle and taking it up to space. I'm imagining. I'm imagining the dumbest looking Santa's sleigh. <laughs> just a line of horses, right, for like five miles long, and then carrying the space shuttle into the sky. Uh, thank you very much, that Paul. Back just, to the phone. Just doesn't, the you know, I'm just not into this kind of horsepower stuff. I mean, you know, horses just belong, you know, in the barn. And that's where we get chaps from because what we've got then is nothing but stable thinking. Good. Good. <laughs> you, you were really, you big, were really big set up on that one. That one. <laughs> All right, back to the phones. Mike is next on this Wednesday morning. morning. Good morning, Mike. What's happening? Good morning, gentlemen. Well, for the love of Pete Maravich, nobody at Pinnacle Bank Arena last night had no duct tape to cover that woman's mouth every time Illinois had the ball. Only thing worse than hearing that is sitting next to that Paul at the game, probably. Oh, I've got to go. Okay, I I wasn't there. I was was watching from my basement. Caleb, can you tell us what was going on? I wasn't there. Cole was covering the game in person okay. for us last night. Cole was there. I didn't. I did, was there an Illinois fan that was annoying? Oh, hmm. uh, <laughs> sitting by that quality, uh, that would be an experience. There's no doubt about it. All right, Debbie is next. Let's see what is chapping. Debbie's side. Good morning, Debbie. How are you? Good morning. Fine. I want you to know, Jack, that last week. Caleb and Mark had to shame me into calling because no one was calling. So they shamed me into getting on the phone and calling it. So I thought I would tell you that because you were off in Iowa or wherever you were. So Yeah, yeah but I, my, just, catching COVID. Yeah, Debbie, just, yeah. Debbie, just <laughs> so for that, I, I gave you a, a, a nice little smiley face on our call screener software here because I appreciate it. Oh, that's it. nice. Yep. Thank you, sure. Mark. I'm Welcome. happy. But All right. Today, so what do you have today, wanted, Debbie? Uh, okay. I, I love the sun. I love the summertime and all that. But the sun at this time of year is always in the worst location when I'm yes. driving. Yes. And visors do not work because if you put the visor down, it's either under the visor or it's in that space between the end of the visor and the mirror. You know, the sun is always yep. coming through there. Now, always. And it is the, no matter what time of day I'm driving, the sun always happens to be where my visor doesn't block it. So that's what's bothering me because I have to put up with it for another couple of months, probably. It's so, crazy. I I, I, the exact same thing happens to me, and you're right. I even have my car has this little extender on the visor that you can pull out, and somehow it leaves about an inch of space either between the, the rearview mirror and the visor, and that's where the sun is so often. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's amazing. Always. And if it's off on the right, if you, you want to move the visor over to, like, the passenger side, yep. you know, the window, it's still... 
the sun manages to find a location to get through. I don't care and, what and, you do. And it's ridiculous. There are days where I'll turn, you know, late in the afternoon, we'll all turn toward the west. And I'm like, I can't, there's nothing I can see. There's like sunglasses, yeah. nothing is going to really help at this point. Mm-hmm. So yep. stay safe. Exactly. There. Okay. Right. Well, Thank I you, Debbie. I'd bring that to your attention. Okay. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. See, Debbie gets it. That's a good one. That is a, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, it's the, at certain times of the day, driving is just ridiculous with the, with the sun this time of year. Um, let me quick go down, Kelly. I'm going to quick go down the Facebook ones here. Okay. Uh, and then you can jump in on the text line. Well, we, there, we there, there is a particular Facebook one that is directed at you. Yeah, I, I, I did want to, uh, I did want to d- get to that. Um, so I appreciate you saying that. Um, <laughs> we, we'll start with that one today. I got to pull it back up because Facebook is the absolute worst. I've got it pulled with. up if you need it. Okay, why don't you go ahead and read it then? Uh, this comes from Aaron on the Facebook page. A little lengthy, so I'll give it a read here. Aaron says, I started off my new year fresh off of quarantine and still feeling quite miserable. Drove like a zombie to work at 6.30 that first Monday morning. Like every other weekday, I tuned to LNK Today with Jack and friends. Quickly realized Jack was not part of the broadcast. Was he fired in some steamy scandal? Was he involved in some tragedy? Where is Jack Mitchell? Alas, he returns days later and AM morning radio is safe. Then Tuesday morning, this week, no one knows what's going on with Jack. Has he overslept? Did he fall asleep on his new deck and tragically freeze in his sleep? Overimaginative at best, I had Jack buried and the trumpets playing by the time I got to 33rd and O, and then that sweet, groggy voice came over the airwaves and all was well in Lincoln. So yeah, that's what chaps my hide. Stop playing with our emotions. Jack Mitchell, give 2022 a chance. <laughs> oh my gosh, Aaron, that's... Yes, I again. I I, I think I've uh, I, I've apologized to everyone I can. <laughs> had had problems with the alarm infrastructure in my basement yesterday. Yeah, and you know Caleb and Mark. Today I set. I've got a lot of devices down here. I set an alarm on every single one over the course of like an hour <laughs> this morning, and they just stopped going off a little while ago. I'm it so was... glad you you texted me to let me know you were awake this morning. <laughs> about, about half hour after I got up or 20 minutes after I got up, I just texted Caleb. I was like, I woke up today. Very <laughs> oh, that's that is hilarious, Aaron. No, I am fine. I am fine. I've got no uh, no days off scheduled and uh, for a long time. And, uh, and it, Hey, and even if I do, I, I can, uh, uh, or even if I'm not able to be in here, I can, I've got the setup now for my home perfected. So, uh, hopefully Aaron will have a good morning, but that was hilarious. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate it. Uh, all right. Uh, back to the phones, Caleb. Yeah, we got, uh, Scott, not Molly is on right. Rick's side recognition hotline. Hi, Scott. What do you got? Man, those last three, I gotta say, amen. All three of those. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think the one I came up with this week is one we've all been going through this time of year. Trying to eat while congested. I was super congested earlier this week, and you got to decide, man, do I want to chew this bite or do I want to breathe? <laughs> and when it's the chewy stuff, you really got to decide because your air is running out fast and you can't get it out of the way fast enough. Or what's even worse when it's dry and crumbly, and when you try breathing, you suck the crumbs down your uh, windpipe. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is bad. I agree with you, Scott. Oof. Yeah, because there's some food, Scott. You know, you like you get a nice steak, but right, you know, that's like that's like thirty seconds in your mouth sometimes. And or something like I don't know if you got the lung capacity for that. Chewy. Very good, Scott. Thank you. I appreciate it. That was- <laughs> 
Those are good, good ones today. We do I want to eat or do I want to live? That's a, Am that I going to hilarious. suffocate on this? We, we've got that, a little bit of a, a subplot going here, too, on the text line. Okay, I haven't. I, I, I can Dave only kind of. The text line goes away from me, so tell me what you guys Dave see says, I'd like to devote some time to a discussion around what the steamy scandal would be that Jack got Jack fired. <laughs> top five Tuesday. What would be the top five steamy scandals to get Jack fired? <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, uh, one person said, uh, oh, Does Jack uh, do the show from home in his underwear? No, but I am wearing pajama pants right now. And and then that, of course, uh, you know, steamy scandal could be. I don't it, need is, to see your pajama pants. Sit down. Is is he doing? Is he doing it commando? I mean, <laughs> no, I would, no. Okay, just around to clarify, here, the answer to that question is no. Around here, we call that Kim style. <laughs> uh, uh, back. To the uh, back to the Facebook page. Uh, let's see. We had uh, we had Aaron's. That was uh, that was pretty epic. Cindy's is a good one. I like hers. What chapter had rude and impatient people treating short short staffed businesses, restaurants, fast foods, pharmacies very badly. Patience, people. Yeah, I basically want to hug everyone who was out there working in a job that uh, a lot of people don't want to do right now. You know, in fact, Caleb and Mark, I was thinking for 2022, one of the things I want to do. And and maybe we'll figure out how to do this. I'm just kind of throwing out to brainstorm on the air, which is never a great idea. But um, <laughs> I would love to do every week a tribute. You know, there's there's we do a good job paying tribute to to some of our um, careers and and things that are happening. A, a few in particular, but there's a lot that we don't. I think every week we should uh, recognize one career where people are doing jobs that you know probably aren't super easy right now probably are short-staffed right now, probably are things I could never do, um, and just say, hey, this is our week. This is our week to say thank you to pharmacists, <laughs> you know, or, or whatever that it is. That's that's uh, what I'd like to do in 2022, so we'll see if we can make that happen. Well, Logan says you, what chaps decide is COVID, enough said. Your name's on the show. You can, if you want to do a tribute to somebody, I guess you can do I, it. I know. i got to figure out how to do it, though, exactly, and okay. when to do it. But um, I like it. COVID, enough said from Logan. Uh, I think we all agree with that. Sarah says, poor officiating doesn't matter with, uh, what sport. I think we all know I agree with that <laughs> as well. And I've had a couple on this one on Jordan Larson being a Texas Longhorn. Yeah. I know one of the texts, I think it was from Marie, said, I'll support her whatever she does. But seriously, Texas? <laughs> New texter Joseph says, people who go the wrong way at Sam's Club gas stations. And I agree with him. <laughs> that is becoming... Mark, that's not the first time that one has come up, um, and it is becoming a significant issue. It is becoming a very significant issue. But I, I continue. I think you were the one who told me, and I haven't tried this yet because I don't know if I believe you. But you were saying it doesn't matter what lane you go in because the lines are long enough to pull around at the, either side of your car. Is that the, what you the, told me, or somebody? Well, told me? yeah, that's what somebody told us. Uh, I that I've seen a lot of people do that, but that really puts the pressure on, you know. That that's just go the way of well. No, the, well, I, mean, but I think there are fewer cars that have it on the right side, so those people are at the advantage in those lines. Yes, yes. Uh, but then they also are able to tell that little arrow that's in their gas gauge yes. which side. Yes. Yes. yes, you taught me that. I recognize that. Great job. <laughs> 
All right. That's it for a nice, uh, that was a good What Chapter on Wednesday. You can continue texting me if you'd like to on the Rickstein Recognition text line 402-479-1400. Take a break. Sports is next on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your... We call the traffic hotline 402-479-1414. Keeping you moving with Time Saver Traffic. I'm Chris Lofgren. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is the Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it is time to count them down. Let's get it started with... Number five. New COVID-19 testing site opening tomorrow in Lincoln. Uh, it was announced yesterday by Health Director Pat Lopez as the Health Department is partnering with Total Wellness of Omaha. The drive through testing site will be at 1918 O Street, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Uh, you do need to make an appointment. Uh, it's available. Uh, you, those appointments are available online. We've got the links at KLIN.com for that. And for Nomi Health at Gateway Mall, they're opening a second drive through lane today. But again, appointments are needed for both of those locations. We did see a 223% increase in the seven-day rolling average of COVID-19 cases. It was 127 a day on December 6th, uh, December 26th, 410 a day end of last week. Also, guidance, new uh, guidance um, uh, from both the health director and the mayor. Mayor took to Facebook uh, calling on uh, everyone to mitigate the threat for the next couple of weeks. Only go to work or school, but to buy food or to get medical care. They also recommended getting vaccinated and boosted. Mask up indoors around other people. Avoid crowds. Get tested. Stay home. Stay away if you're sick. Okay, I went to the uh, the website to get the, the to go to the new uh, test site out there on O Street, that's guys. A, and I, total I wealth. Just, that's totalwellnesshealth.com/slash/lincoln. Right. I and I just but I just went through the health department's website. They they had it too. But thank you, Mark. And uh, I just wanted to point out right now, you can get an appointment tomorrow is the earliest, starting at ten forty a.m. tomorrow um and we looked already at nomi and you what did i say mark you have to wait till friday to get in at nomi so you're you're one day out but the upside of what it was last week is that um you you're not gonna have to wait as long in line there were up to uh from i, I waited over an hour at nomi and i heard it got worse than that later and so um, you know, it's a little bit of a give and take. They went to this appointment system that they weren't before in both of these sites now, which, of course, is going to take a little bit more time. Um, but you, 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 it's going to get more time to get in there, but your time spent when you're actually doing it. So hopefully, I mean, I think it's a good thing to do. I think the, te- I think the testing makes a lot of sense right now. Um, I think it, we're sadly short on, on the testing um, for a lot of reasons and in a lot of places right now. Uh, you, you can find, at least as of last beginning of this week, last week, you can find COVID tests, uh, at-home tests in Lincoln if you go to the right places, but they're a little expensive, to tell you the truth. Um, and uh, so we bought a few of them, and, and they end up getting a little expensive, and so you don't really want to do that either. But well, now, I think that... Go ahead. Wait a minute. Uh, starting Saturday, though, those home tests have to be covered by insurance. That was the federal uh, mandate that came out the, earlier this week. So, so okay, so... Hmm. Does that mean so? If you have insurance, does that mean they'll be cheaper? Well, they'll be covering the costs. Okay, 
Okay. Okay. So that's good. So it will be. I see what you're yep. saying. Uh, so they've got to be covered by your insurance. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, that'll probably make them even harder to get then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think probably a good thing. Generally, a lot of the places in Lincoln who are selling them, some do, some don't, but have had limits on how many that you can uh, you can buy as well. But yeah, I, I, I think I, I don't think it's a particularly controversial to take to say, hey, if testing is available and quick, it would be a good thing for everyone. Um, and, and and just just to kind of make sure on this thing, if you're wondering, uh, and hopefully we're getting closer to that. But we're in a place now where it doesn't seem like we should have been almost almost two years into that whole thing. Uh, and then and then just the other thing, Mark. I know mask mandate. I thought once Omaha announced their Douglas County announced their new mask mandate that there was a chance that Lincoln would follow suit, but they made clear that they are not going to. Um, it's not in the plan right now. I'm going to talk to the mayor at eight ten this morning. Um, but but Douglas County is going forward. They have more exceptions than Lincoln's did, including for religious services. But I know the attorney general is is looking at possible litigation as it pertains to this as well. So uh, we'll see. Although although the health director in Douglas County basically said, "Hey, this is a, a, a limited thing. We're hoping it's a four week thing, and and we're done with this." Yeah, they're citing hospital capacity. They just basically said their hospitals in Omaha are full. Period. End of story. Right. There you go. I, and I wonder, and as I continue to, to say and maybe tell myself that there seems to be more consensus than there has been during the entire pandemic of how we deal with this. Like, I don't I don't think, Mark, maybe you, you tell me what you think, but I don't think there's a ton of um, there's there's a ton of disagreement out there. I'm sure there's some, but a ton of disagreement on the idea of. When hospital capacity gets bad, you you should, and I'm not saying you lock down, but people should take their own efforts at least to to make sure they know if they've got it and if they do to avoid spreading. Right? Is oh, that yeah. is that? Can we say it's non-controversial at this point? I I think it it yeah it makes it makes good sense, and I think a lot of people uh, will will understand that issue. I mean, especially here in Lincoln. I, I don't think anybody is removed about one or two people from somebody that works in the healthcare industry, and and they're g- giving their personal stories. It's just really, really difficult now if you're in healthcare. Uh, the the stress is is tantamount to, you know, some people are just not able to uh, continue in it. So, yeah. any anything yeah. and everything that can be done to relieve the hospital stress uh, and the healthcare system stress. I think people understand that and will do what they can. To me, there's a big there's a big difference between freaking out and saying uh, every, we're all everybody's going to die, you're killing old people, all of those things, and saying, "Hey, I'm going to make sure that I do what I can to mitigate spread, whatever that is, because I know that it, it will benefit it, it will benefit the healthcare industry, it'll benefit the people that are working there right now, it'll benefit their capacity, it'll benefit." the whole community so like just it, that that seems non-controversial to me compared to uh what we had done in the past so uh all right we need to move on that was a decent amount of time on that but a lot of stuff there Number next four. attorneys are arguing over whether a jury should be allowed to hear statements from nebraska representative jeff fortenberry those statements were made to federal prosecutors and investigators who were investigating an illegal thirty thousand dollar donation to his campaign from a foreign national. Attorneys for Fortenberry asked a judge to bar the statements he made during an FBI interview. Prosecutors opposed the motion. District Judge Stanley Blumenfeld Jr. didn't immediately rule on the matter. 
That hearing was in U.S. District Court in Los Angeles. I believe that hearing was yesterday. Yeah, it was. It was. It was yesterday. Uh, but Fortenberry had permission not to be there. He was excused by the judge. The judge got after. I mean, it was a. It, this is a, a typical pre-trial evidentiary hearing, Mark. But uh, the judge kind of got after the lawyers a little bit on on some of these arguments and um, that they were making, specifically as it pertains to Fortenberry, where they had argued that the prosecutors had previous animus, um, and then and then to the prosecutors uh, on this this whole discussion about whether or not Fortenberry was essentially assured that he wasn't a target of the investigation the first time. That's what most of the hearing was about yesterday. Those those two issues, the claim by the prosecution, again, or the both the claims by the defense, A, that there was animus by the prosecution, and they cited Facebook posts and, and those sorts of things, and then B, the, the idea that before the first conversation uh, that law enforcement told Fortenberry that he was a being talked to as a witness instead of a, as a target in, in the whole thing, which, you know, I, that, I assume, I haven't done a lot of criminal law, but I'm, I'm assuming that does happen, right? I mean, people can change from a witness to a to a, a potential suspect over the because because what they know changes at this point. So I'm not sure that's a home run uh, home run thing. I still think the venue change is one of the most interesting of uh, the motions that the Fortenberry team made. But uh, Mark, I, I know the schedule this trial is scheduled. I think for February February 15th, I'll, I believe. I'll, I'll say this again: I would be surprised if it happens. Uh, I would be surprised. Um, and, and 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 it's all interesting. To see what, you know, to think about what Fortenberry's got, you know, what he's kind of thinking the timeline is going to be with his decision to to continue to run. Is the hope that he's exonerated by then? Is he okay with, with basically an ongoing at that point? Or is he just saying, hey, I'm going to throw my hat in now, be clear that I'm running in hopes that I'm, you know, exonerated prior to the primary um, on, on this whole thing? Yeah, and, and uh, of course, he made the announcement earlier this week that he uh, was going to seek re-election. There's been a lot of speculation whether he'd have a, a challenger. Uh, of course, on the Democrats, Patty Pansing Brooks challenging him. But uh, Don Walton came up yesterday in a story at the Journal Star yeah, about some polling that. that said maybe Mike Flood uh, is he's polling well, but Flood did not comment on it. So, yep, no, he get in fact he literally said no comment uh, apparently yep. about this, which yeah, it makes it makes you wonder what's going to happen there. All right, moving on. Number three recall effort of a Waverly school board member failed <laughs> failed big time. Andy Grosshands was the target of the recall. Uh, that after the board gave Superintendent Corey Worrell power to make emergency decisions like closing school or mask mandates. Uh, 44.8% of the eligible voters returned the mail ballot. Uh, it failed 8265 to 17.35%. And uh, Grosshands has been on the board a long time. He was first uh, elected in 2009. So he uh, maintains that position with little discussion on it. Yeah, jeez. That was, I mean I don't I don't pretend to know the ins and outs of what's going on with the the Waverly School District here. I just saw that number last night and my first response was I don't know. I don't know of many things you could put on the ballot anywhere that you could get 82% of people to agree on. Uh, the only one I can think of is probably Adrian Smith in one of the elections in uh, Nebraska's 3rd uh, District. He he pops up there in the 70s and 80s a lot. So, But yeah, on, a, on an issue like this, I, this, this is as widespread as I've ever seen in anything. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm actually curious now. I want to see if I can find uh, exactly what... <laughs> I want to find if there was anything close to this, actually, in, in, uh, in that. Let's see, 20. Uh, I don't have it in front of me right now. I'll, I'll look it up. We can get it. And I still think our Top 5 Tuesday next week should be... Well, I know you want to do the Hot 5 potentially steamy scandals that would take me off the air. Uh, but I also like the idea of what question could you pose to uh, the uh, the city of Lincoln or the listening area and get, what was the percent? 80? 80, 80, 82.65. Yeah, 83 to uh, 48.5. Do we agree on anything at the at, at 83% in this uh, in this world anymore? I think it would be fascinating. All right, what else do we have going on? Number two. Like, uh, like Lincoln Public School is going to continue to limit transfers into East, North Star, and Lincoln I. Student numbers continue to exceed capacity of the buildings. The board took up the issue last night. Basically, are going to extend what they put in place in 2019 on enrollment procedures. Only incoming ninth graders are going to be able to apply to move out of their particular district. And for those that want to go to East, Lincoln High, or North Star, you've got to put in an application by the 31st of this month. They'll probably allow that, but uh, they are going to be limiting that again. So, and, of course, so North, yeah. Northwest, ahead, Northwest expected to open, I think, this fall. But it doesn't look like that's going to be enough of a shift to uh, take this type of um, limits off, as uh, so far, anyway. Yeah, that that that's interesting because you thought, or especially as it pertained to North Star, mostly, and it, and it had been for a few years that North Star was the one big overcrowded one. Now East has entered that, and then East entered that fold a little while ago, and now Lincoln High, as you said, is in it as well, and it, it, it will be. You know, it'll be interesting to see just how much these new high schools are able to alleviate that at this point. But man, I can, I can tell you from uh, from having a student at East, boy, have things changed there in terms of crowding. When I when I went there, um, my my graduating class was in the three hundreds, and it was the smallest smallest public high school in Lincoln by far. Southeast and Lincoln High had graduating classes at like a thousand during that time and and east was was down a whole lot lower but things have changed significantly these buildings are are being stretched and so uh, but but the bottom line is mark as you said it's not a no that you can't still go to these places if you want to you just have you just have basically you've got to do it at the right time essentially yeah you got to get that application in by the end of the month you can get that at lps.org um you know, I, I don't know if they get too many. They're going to have to limit them, I would think. That's true. That's Yeah, that uh, this, that's true as well. This so. gives them the data that they need to make the final decisions. And you also have to tweet that you've entered the transfer portal when you do that as well. <laughs> yeah, that that's the important one there. All right, moving on. Number one. Well, Nebraska ball once again pushed Illinois to the closing minutes at home, but then fell apart. Ten-point loss. Winless in the Big Ten after winning just three a year ago. Should NU AD Trev Alberts decide to move on from Hoiberg at a price tag? Approximately $18.5 million to do that. That due in part to an unannounced contract extension from previous AD Bill Moose. Uh, what was he got, Moose he, doing? He got what an extension of one year and uh, a contingency uh, payment of some type. Right? Yeah, he, he's got some, some stay payments of a uh, half million dollars that are in there as well. So... Um, <laughs> And that extension came in 2020, so Hoiberg had only coached one year. Um, And obviously that first year did not go fantastic. 
ended in the uh, the first round, that that opening game of the Big Ten tournament. That's when we saw Hoiberg sick on on the sideline, right as everything was really ramping up for uh, for COVID. But man, to to think about the price tag it would take to move on if you were to make that decision, and also know that you've got four more seasons, four or five more seasons that are left on this contract. Caleb, I heard you you, uh, had a stat in your sports, and I also saw that this was tweeted out by our new colleague, Connor Happer, uh, that that, uh, Hoiberg is 6-50 against uh, power, I guess, power six in college basketball. Power team 6-50. Like, if there's only one or two wins added to that, and it becomes, what, 8-60 or or whatever it would be, like, there's... I don't know how you... I, I don't know how you can keep going at that point. I, I really don't. And it's not that I want that to happen at all. I'm so disappointed this is how the whole thing worked out. But it's crazy. Those six wins, Tim Miles had three, half those that amount of wins in his last week of working for Nebraska. Right. Yeah, you got to see Hoiberg run the table in the Big Ten a couple years in a row just to get to 500. I don't know. Uh, unless Unless something, when Trey returns and they can go get six, seven wins or something like that, it's gonna be a. It's gonna be, I think, a hard. I'm telling you. <laughs> I thought of you the other day when I drove by KFC on South Street. They do have the Gizzards, you know, mention on the backside of that sign now. I don't know if you are paying attention to that important. Well, I bit would of like. News. I, I would like them, and I don't know what you can do about this, but I would like to go back to the word for word, the exact, the <laughs> exact wording that they had that the entire city fell in love with. But you know, so far my lobbying for <laughs> for that as it hasn't worked. So. Uh, Mayor, let's let's start off with with some of the COVID stuff. Uh, you know, it's funny for like four. I said this before we went to break. Like four or five months in a row, my first question for you has been uh, why why does the county have a mask mandate? And now my first question for you is uh, why does the county not have a mask mandate right now? Why uh, why why was that decision made, especially at this time? Well, it was made back in December when the announcement came. As- recommended from our health department that what they had said in November was that they were going to extend the DHM one more month because that would allow the amount of time necessary for everyone in our county who is eligible to get vaccinated or boosted. And they fulfilled that um, intent and have been continuing to work hard on the most effective tool we have right now in the pandemic, which is to get people vaccinated and boosted. And they let the DHM expire in recognition that, you know, we are where we are in the pandemic. Now, now we're in a different place. And as Director Lopez said yesterday in our briefing, all options are still on the table. Um, this is uh, an enduring public health situation that evolves rapidly and changes happen rapidly. Omicron is on the rise in our community. And, we, you know, we could see changes coming in their recommendations. Okay, um, but it uh, didn't happen last week, and, 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 and if I understood uh, Director Lopez yesterday, it sounded like she said, that's not the plan right now, but we're keeping options open. Is that, is that a fair way to state it? Uh, absolutely, all options are on the table. They're in conversation with hospitals today, so, you know, you, you could see different recommendations as early as tomorrow, but what, what I want to be clear about is that the guidance 
and the recommendations of the health department have been consistent. We do think people should mask up. We have a mask mandate at the City of Lincoln organization. LPS has a mask mandate. UNL has a mask mandate. Many businesses have met because they recognize that for continuity of operations in the face of Omicron, to be able to continue to provide services in businesses um, from the city, for schools and classrooms to stay open, for access to health care to be preserved, we really do need to take a lot of steps right now to protect ourselves and our community. So right now is a time to not be complacent, but to be cautious. Uh, we really do recommend that people mask, that they watch their distance, wash their hands, and for the next few weeks, really limit uh, their trips outside the home to those essential trips like going to work, going to school, going to the grocery store, getting medicine, or ultimately, most importantly, to get vaccinated or boosted if they aren't already. I, I mean, I think you answered this, but let me just ask it directly. Did thinking change on the philosophy about mask mandates, specifically whether it's about about what masks do or about the uh, uh, ma- mandates and how they're received by the community? Did any did any of that change? Masks work. I mean, that that has been a consistent understanding of the science from um, from the day that that we asked people to start wearing them. Um, so, so the recommendation to wear masks continues, and we have tons of studies that indicate that that if you are wearing them, if you have enough people wearing them, that they do help prevent the spread. Um, so that has not changed. Um, okay, so let's um, let's talk a little bit about testing. Um, I, I can tell you from experience, last week, in order to get a test anywhere, um, if, you, if you got lucky, you could find a home test, uh, but you had to get lucky to do that. Uh, if you went to Nomi, you were waiting, um, in my experience, one hour, but I heard it two hours. If you went to urgent care or any of the health places, for the most part, that was... Um, one to two hours to wait. Um, I know that some things have changed, and I know the city announced yesterday they're going to there's going to be a new testing site. I guess I guess my question for you is, what's the what what's the situation the city would like to, the city and county would like to see for testing in terms of availability, and and how much can be done to get to to that spot? Mm-hmm. Well, we're doing everything that we can do to ensure that there is increased testing capacity, particularly as we face this rise of Omic- the Omicron variant, which, as you know, trans- transmission is, is high, it's fast, it's furious, and it's, it's on the rise here in Lincoln. Director Lopez and the health team has set up a new testing location that opens tomorrow through Total Wellness, which also has sites in Omaha. They'll be at uh, on O Street near 19th and O, and that will be open Monday through Friday, 9 to 4, and we encourage people to check out that new resource. NAMI, um, we're working with NAMI to try to make sure that they are delivering services adequately. I mean, honestly, we would have liked Test Nebraska to continue to be open. All those testing supplies that the governor put in storage would be really useful right now. The direction from the state has been to just let the counties deal with it, but not every county has everything they uh, need to to provide that kind of testing resource. We're lucky in Lancaster County that we do have ARPA dollars that we're spending to set up this new testing resource in our community, but that's not true across the state. And why do I care about that as the mayor of Lincoln? I care because people from all across the state are coming to Lincoln for events, uh, for, for games. And so when we have inadequate resources statewide, we all feel the effect. 
I, I don't know how much this is in the, the city or the county's purview. I mean, I'm sure the health department is, is interested and, and knows about it, but are, are, are we hearing anything about shortages of tests at actual health facilities? I mentioned, you know, going to, to urgent care um, and, and getting those. Is, is that an issue? Is there still availability? How much do we know about that, and can anything be done about that? I don't have good data on that at this moment. I would want to encourage people not to visit emergency rooms or the emergency departments of hospitals for COVID tests. Um, you're, you're potentially more likely to be exposed by people who are in the emergency room because there are lines, long lines as our hospital capacity is strained. So again, I would not recommend visiting the ER. There are a number of other options in our community. Um, you know, Bryant Health offers testing um, at their 40th and Pine Lake location. Uh, we are, again, setting up the new total wellness site at 1918 O Street beginning Thursday. And, uh, of course, the federal government is making its push to get more test kits produced and available um, in retail locations. But this is, this is, I think, a reflection of uh, the, the high demand right now. Uh, and, you know, people have, some people purchased a lot of tests and have them at home and are utilizing them, but not everyone was able to do that. We're working to get testing available in a public setting as quickly as possible. Yeah, I've been saying on the show, like, this seems like a relatively, uh, everything with COVID seems controversial, but this seems relatively non-controversial. I think mm-hmm. mo- there are some who say, why are you even testing now, which doesn't make any sense to me. But th- this seems like a, 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 a shared, you know, if I if I have a yeah. sore throat, right, I, yeah. I do the same thing with me and my kids. I go get tested for strep throat, right? And because right. I want to know right away if I've got it, if I'm contagious, so I can give it to anybody else and how to treat it exactly. Um, it seems like this should be something that people can can unite on, uh, and, yeah. and I'm hopefully they do. And, yeah. and and just and I've been very public with this. You know, my my family has been going through this. We got half of them who have tested positive right now, Sorry and the, our need, our desire to get tested quickly, just to follow protocols at work and at school, has been incredibly important and hasn't always been there. So I just want to throw that little bit in, Mayor, uh, just my own two cents on on top of this whole discussion, because I think it's really important. It is absolutely important. I would, getting tested is important. I would encourage people to go to our website, covid19.lincoln.ne.gov, to find more information about where you can get tested. A lot of times people don't know, you know, where they can go. And, again, you will see that there is information about Bryant Health's urgent care locations, CHI Health's priority care clinics, several of the local pharmacies that are doing this, some, some health care provider offices. So you you can get more information at that website and understand that we are working hard to get more testing available in our community. Yep. Uh, take a look, but uh, but again, and, and, and I will, the other thing I'll mention to the listeners here right now is that just checking out the websites right now. Um, the the new testing site um, is has appointments starting tomorrow in the morning, at least about a half hour when I check. If you're going through NAMI or NOMI, as I called it, uh, that you've got to go all the way to Friday. But it is appointment now, so hopefully you won't be waiting as long because, Mayor, I, we, I saw it there at Gateway. It was backed up all the way to 66 and then all the way back down to Vine. So they they've switched to the appointment thing on this. So the demand yep. is the demand is skyrocketing right now. Um, right. Go ahead. 
No, that's right. And I, you know, and it's important for people to understand if they do test positive, they need to isolate. And if they're exposed to someone, they may need to quarantine. There are new isolation and quarantine resources posted on our website, covid19.lincoln.ne.gov. So really encourage people to turn to those resources for information. And if they still have questions, they can call our health department and uh, speak with a, an online health, uh, a live health nurse who can provide answers. Sort, sort of a bridge to, to a different topic here. I know there's a bill in the legislature. Um, Lancaster County is kind of a unique place because of state law that, that predates both of us significantly uh, in terms of what their uh, freedom is to do things without without the state in terms of some of these DHMs and those other things. I know there's a bill in the legislature that would, would seek to change that. Is there a reason why that, in your mind, uh, why the locality um, shouldn't be consistent with the rest of the state. I'm, I'm just curious when you hear uh, that there's a bill out there like that. Well, as a mayor and as a city organization, our number one priority is public safety. And what that's looked like in particular over the last couple of years has been protecting public health and preventing severe disease and hospitalizations and death in our community. Our ability in Lancaster County to, to have autonomy over our local response has made us one of the safest places in the states. We have one of the lowest, not the lowest mortality rate in the state related to COVID-19. So really what would be more helpful in the state legislature if every health district had its local control in this, in this situation to help keep families safe, to help keep businesses open, and to help keep schools in session. You, our ability to make those decisions helped us open schools in August of 2020 when many other you know, districts across the state were struggling. And so, you know, I think that that's a, um, that bill is very detrimental and we oppose it on the most strongest terms. Um, I wanted to ask you about completely changing the, the subject here, although I guess it does deal with COVID stimulus funds. I, I know um, there, there was some discussion a few, there was a few weeks ago, this kind of came up about uh, the potential of earmarking some of the federal stimulus money um, into Lincoln Airport to to hopefully um, get it more robust. You had the Delta flights leave there. I think that's a really significant thing for Lincoln. Uh, I know you had some conversations with city council members on that. Uh, just tell me kind of what you're thinking on that was and is, and is there is there potential? Like, does this money have potential to bring flights into Lincoln somehow? Can that can that actually happen? How effective can it be? Right. Well, I want to be super clear that the airport is very important to our community. It is an important economic driver for Lincoln. Um, and what I guess what we have continued to emphasize from the very beginning uh, of our administration is that the airport needs to develop long-term solutions to advance its success. And we've certainly communicated with them that what they really need is a change in state law so that they can use their budget for those revenue guarantees that bring in airlines. Right now, they are in a really tight spot. They are not able to use their their resources, um, so they are kind of dependent on donations, in a sense, to go out and and pay airlines to come to Lincoln. The money that in question that you're referring to are ARPA dollars. Um, they're one-time dollars, so we are in dialogue with the council about a short-term solution that could potentially assist the airport in attracting airport or different airlines. There's no guarantee that they'll be successful if they have this money, but they're in a better position if they do. Um, but what we need to do first is execute on what we announced publicly, our intentions were for those ARPA dollars. We're supporting small businesses and 
making those grants. Uh, those are underway. We've made out grant, uh, grants to dozens and dozens of small businesses. We are working to develop workforce programs so that we have workers in place to help our businesses be successful. And we're we're going to be making some grants to um, attractions and event organizations here in our community that will help those industries most impacted by the pandemic economically get back on track. We're going to fulfill those commitments and see where things land, and we're in conversation with the council about where the money could come from to support the airport as well as these other high-priority um, items that we have said we would spend ARPA dollars on. Yeah. All right. Well, Mayor, I appreciate you. You know, state's in kind of a similar spot, too, where they've got these these uh, dollars and having some discussions on that and, and how to use it and what the philosophy should which should be as well. So we'll right. continue to watch what happens with that. Mayor, I appreciate it. Watch out for the cargo shorts today. And I uh, hope you have a great rest of your week. All right. Thank you. You too. hope everyone gets well in your house. Take care. Thank you. There's Mayor Lirian Gaylor Baird at 825. We will take a break. we got more LNK today with Jack and Friends coming up after this on KLIN. Yeah. He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska Airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. All right, welcome in at 838 on a Wednesday morning. It means we talk uh, Huskers and other items with John Bishop. Good morning, John. How are you doing? I'm fine. Um... I'm going to do you the courtesy of not having to look at me this morning because uh, this is. Hey, I I made I made Caleb. Did 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 you hear that I slept in yesterday? By yeah, oh, I definitely heard that you slept in, which is, I mean, I, that's something that like 15 year olds do. That, that's not something that 55 year olds do. Okay, uh, okay, uh, wow, that aid, that is, that's, I, I get to make the old jokes in this relationship, number one, and number two, you know, my my basement alarm infrastructure was not set up like my upstairs one, and so that was problematic, I, I mean, come on. Wait, you didn't think about this? I mean, you got a phone, everybody uses their phone now for happened. everything. It was it was it was that dang iPhone. Something's wrong with the alarm. I don't know what well, it is. Well, the first problem is it's an iPhone. You need oh. to get an Android. Oh, Second no. problem is you need to you get get yourself an old fashioned alarm clock and oh. stick it in the corner. And there it is. And this is why I I make the old jokes. Back in my phone. day, we used a rooster to wake us up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, but uh, you know it hasn't it hasn't happened. I've barely done that at all. I think I did it a couple of times back with you back in the day, but uh, yeah, I I remember a few times. <laughs> I I had about a I had about a seven hour or seven eight year streak where that hadn't ever happened, and so I I feel like you know I was I was the Cal Ripken of showing up to work on time. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> it was it was like the equivalent of Cal Ripken keeping his streak alive by pinch hitting in the ninth inning of a eight run game. It sucks oh yeah, we got, oh yeah, that's right. Cal hasn't played yet. Yeah, send him in, let him pinch hit. You know, it sucks because in a few more months I was gonna order a big banner to roll down like they did at the warehouse at Camden Yards when I showed up to work on time. <laughs> Well, guess what? Days. I, guess, I guess the old mission accomplished banner is going to sit back in mothballs for another few years. Uh, okay, so, man, another fun Nebraska basketball experience for me and Husker fans everywhere last night. Okay, let me, let, let me just set the parameters and see if we're on the same page to just set up the following discussion. My sense, my, my guess is that the 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 ceiling for this team the rest of the year is is 
let's say four or five wins in the Big Ten. The floor is, you know, one probably. Um, I think they probably will get one no matter what. But do you do you accept those general parameters? Do you think I'm off base there for the rest of the season? It's not a big variety of outcomes that we're talking about, right? No, it's not, but it's a very depressing one. I mean, no, I talking, we're talking a one-win season versus a five-win season, which is is certainly not anywhere close to where some expectations were. Not that, not that the expectations, I think, were out of bounds. I mean, certainly a team that, you know, at the very top end, um, the very top end, was you know a, a bubble team um probably a more reasonable goal would have been you know getting you know an NIT bid this year you know finishing somewhere in that oh what would you say like 7 or maybe 6 to you know 10 range in yeah. the Big 10 conference standings i think that was kind of where everything was and now you're looking at you know, rock bottom again, but, you know, you look at that schedule and uh, this just, you know, it, the big 10 is a dog fight every single night and, and, and it's really tough to, to get wins. So yeah, I, I mean, really five actually might be too high. Uh, yeah, to maybe. be honest with you, but um, you know, it's all about recalibrating and, and going, uh, going from here, but it's, I mean, we're talking about a program that's now six and fifty against power conference teams under Fred Hoiberg. You know, power conference. You know, not only Big Ten conference games, but the other five right. perceived power conferences in college basketball. I mean, so you're asking for something that's not been done in the previous two years. Yeah, uh, yeah. And by the way, I don't know if you saw my tweet, but I was just thinking back. Tim Miles won half that many power five games. Power six games, I guess, in college of basketball in his last week on the job. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, there. I only found four occasions since night since eighty nine ninety where Nebraska didn't have at least six power conference wins in a season, um, and they had never been as low as three. Um, you know, and, and that's where Hoiberg's been the last two years. You know, they had three power conference wins year one, three power conference wins last year. And this year, you know, they're they're sitting on zero. They've lost thirteen in a row, and and that's and the reason why that's important is those are your peers, those are the teams that you know you've put yourself in company with, obviously in the Big Ten, um, but you know it's the teams you recruit against or should be recruiting against, and you know to have a record that poor um, is is I mean this is historic. It's it's historically bad. Um, in the modern era of college basketball. So, so I guess that that's a long way of setting up my next question for you, which is whatever decision there is to be made about the future of this program. Like, I don't even know that there's anything that changes it. That, that's likely at all to change how you would look at it over the course of, of the next few weeks. Right. I mean, I, I just can't even think of a scenario where the, you know, the end of the end of the year feels whether you're talking about five win or five wins or one win, where it feels particularly different. No, that's true. I mean, uh, you know, I would say for an amazing stretch drive here in the last, oh gosh, it's only, can you believe this? We're a month and a half away from March. Yeah. Um, and, and yet, you know, the team I cover has only played three big East games so far. So it's just, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of games coming up, but um, yeah, it really isn't going to feel that different. And, and that's, that's the concerning thing is, 
is how it's going to affect, you know, the fan base, how it's going to affect the attendance, how it's going to affect the apathy. You know, the good news is you've got the women's team playing really, really well right now. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, 2009, 2010, when, you know, Nebraska's women famously went undefeated through the season. Uh, we're a sweet 16 team that year. Doc Sadler's team was not good. I can't I think they were two and 12 in the big, how many games did they play in the big 12? I can't I even remember, remember, but it was bad. It wasn't a great record for the men and the women were outdrawing the men by the end of the season. It kind of feels like that again, but at least you had the women's team to kind of deflect from, Oh yeah, there's that other team over there. So, you know, it's a little bit of cover, but at the end of the day, I mean, we know where the, where the bread is buttered and we know where, you know, where, where money comes in and, and people are paying attention and and when you play in such a high profile league, maybe the highest next to the ACC profile basketball league in the country, um, and, and and you're this historically bad, it's it's hard to hide. In oh yeah. nine ten, the uh, Nebraska men's basketball went fifteen and eighteen on the season, two and fourteen in the Big Twelve. Two yeah. and fourteen, thank you. Yeah, I remember years. it was it was a bad record. That was one of those years I had the ninety nine dollar season tickets in Devaney up in the benches with my dad and son. It's a long year. Um, Okay, so so then my next question, John, is so I mean it's it's not it's certainly not unreasonable now to point to say okay if you're ending three years with somewhere between for purpose of argument six and eight power five wins or six and nine whatever you want to do at that point in three years it's not good Um, and with you know I I could tell last night the just watching on TV the the energy and the building felt different. It looked emptier than it usually does. You've got to, it's got to be on the table to make a change. At least that's got to run through Trev Albert's head. But how much do you think two things impact that? Number one, this extension and the dollars that are associated with it. We saw that that was a factor in what was happening with Scott Frost. And then number two, the fact that he did end up keeping Scott Frost in some you know, interest and consistency with that. How much do you think those two things play into the, the whatever decision is made here over the next few months? Well, the contract extension, based on just how weird it happened and how quietly it happened, is 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 a is a separate story. And that certainly isn't something that um, I mean it affects Trev and that that's an extra three and a half million dollars. But right. it's not it's not on the table in terms of you know. Um, questioning Trev Alberts for making that call because that wasn't his call. But keep in mind, even without that extension, we're still talking about a $15 million buyout. You know, if if it weren't for that extension, it'd be a fifteen million dollar buyout, which is you know more than uh, I think I saw saw the article this morning. I think it's more than uh, what Nebraska paid out to uh, Callahan, Pelini, Riley and Miles combined, or it's really close. Um, in terms of their buyouts. Now, of course, with Miles especially, that was at the very end of his contract, so there wasn't much left to, to buy out. So there's certainly, I mean, if, we're, if finances were a consideration for Scott Frost, it's certainly going to be a consideration here. Uh, and, and, you know, there is that element of grace. Remember, um, back when, when Frost was announced as returning in November, I remember listening to Trev's radio show and they got off to a different subject and it was the start of basketball season. And I remember how, you know, how, how much Fred or excuse me, how much Trev praised Amy Williams and Fred Hoiberg, you know, how, how, how really good of coaches they were. 
and and that kind of sticks in my head and it's like well now we've gone through a couple of months of the season and the record's really not good has the estimation of what Trev thinks of Fred uh, Fred Hoiberg as a coach has that changed mm-hmm. so i i mean yeah it, it'll it would be on the table but it, you know based on what happened in november it you know the the track record would seem to indicate that there's at least another year left to go it, just simply because you know that's a lot of money to be on the hook for especially when you're building some new facilities um and i know that you know we're still coming out of this pandemic scenario so you know after a budget that had to be uh lifted up because of uh reserve funds you know you you do tend to be a little bit more careful at least in the following year after that so is it a consideration absolutely it is will it be enough to save him might um but you know at the end of the day i think it's going to be i I think it's going to be similar to what it was with frost was I, i i still believe that scott frost was kept in part because the masses wanted it that way i mean any not that the polling was anything official but most everyone who conducted any polls on the subject you know scott frost was in the neighborhood of you know on the bottom end 65 percent and on the top end 75 to 80 percent support yeah Yeah, i don't know if i don't know if hoiberg has that same level but but you know what the fans think and how it looks in the arena by the end of the season might also tell a tale yeah i'd be curious if if you did if you did kind of the same polling of with your uh, with your listener base, what that would what that would end up? Because I honestly have no idea. I I, I think good it, question. I think I'll, I'll I can do that, but you know I I think we know what it would be. I, it would certainly be negative right now. But Hoiberg also doesn't have you know the level of um, legacy that Scott yeah. Frost does. I mean Scott Frost still has the big name and still has you know the Husker attachment. And for all of the talk of you know Hoiberg and his grandfather and everything else, it's it's not the same. I honestly think it would be close to 50-50. I, I really do. But it would be really interesting to... Challenge accepted. I will put the poll hey, up later today. And, and, and I thought of this during your last answer, which I had actually never thought of before. You, you, you talked about the consistency with Frost and that kind of thing. Is there is there a scenario or there a plan that looks like what they did with Frost to kind of give it a, a, a different look? And that means making cha- making extensive changes that don't include the head coach maybe adjusting the contract and, and may, making it uh, clear that there are expectations to produce ASAP. Is that is that a scenario you could see happening with Nebraska basketball? Absolutely. I mean, he was able to get Scott Frost to, to do it. Um, it. It's certainly possible here. Now, you know, it, it, and we'll never know exactly what was going through Scott Frost's head in that moment um, and, and, you know, what motivated him to do it. Um, but, and it could certainly be very much different here. It, 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 you know, with fraud, I'm guessing this is, this is, this is just me throwing stuff against the wall here, but my guess is that, you know, for Scott Frost, this was always the thing he wanted to do, or at least since he got into the world of coaching, that, that there was, there was a goal to one day ascend to the head coach at Nebraska. And so it was, it, it's, it's different when you've kind of got that fiber in your being, you're from here, you played here versus a guy who, you know, this isn't his alma mater. 
You know, Wait, that's Iowa State. You don't think and, in you don't think in the nineties Fred came to Devaney and played here with <laughs> Iowa State and said, This this is it. This is gonna be for me someday. Probably not. <laughs> I'm guessing not. So so I think the mindset might be a little bit different. Hoyberg has also been involved. I mean, it's not like his his tenure with the Bulls was was, you know, um particularly smooth sailing because of, you know, relationship between, you know, he and management and GM and all of that other stuff. So, so he kind of comes from a different background where it's a little bit more strictly business. Whereas with frost and and this is not judging character, it's just based on personal experiences that each of the two men have had for Scott Frost. This job is more personal for Fred Hoiberg. Yes, it means something to him, but he comes from a side where it's, where it was a little more business so how does that change his his mindset and his thinking in all of this? Yeah. So it, it 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 it's certainly something I think Trev Alberts will explore. Um, and because if he was able to do it with Frost, he can he'll at least I'm sure going to give it a try. Because uh, well, I mean I don't know at this point why you wouldn't. All right. Well, we will see. Never ceases to be uh, to be interesting. But man, I'll tell you what. Last night tied with three minutes left. Ranked team. The thought made, let myself, I I tried not to let myself believe, and then I did, and it did the same thing to me it always does. So it is incredible. I I, I wish I would have put some money on it because I just had a feeling they were going to do it again. They were going to, they were going to stay close the whole game. Everyone did. (laughs) All right. Thank you, John. Have a, have a good one. We'll talk to you later. All right. We'll see you guys later. Thanks. You go, John Bishop, Sister Station 1620 Zone. Uh, Update from Chris in traffic. Car fire at the 7,500 block of Pioneers. Jeez. Okay, I need to go look out the window. Uh, watch for emergency response and slower traffic out there in the 7,500. So that would be between uh, 70th and 84th, obviously, on Pioneers. All right, we'll take a break. Wrap up the show after this. It's 855 on KLIN. Be Foster. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, we uh, dip down a little bit, 28 degrees in the capital city tomorrow on the show. It's Ticket Thursday. I believe we got a double dose of tickets with Nebraska basketball and I believe WWE wrestling as well, Caleb. Um, that is uh, that is correct. That's correct. All right. I think it might be time to uh, dust off the old lie detector for tomorrow. I think that'll work if we have two pairs of tickets. Also have the Grow Lincoln team as well and, uh, and all of you, hopefully. Have a great day, everybody. Back tomorrow. It is 9 o'clock. KLI and Lincoln. From the